Now, why should we care about central bank purchases of private securities? Naturally, if banks were allocating capital sufficiently, we wouldn't see large shortfalls in investment, particularly across the areas affected by the financial crisis. Figure 22A shows other scholars' estimates of investment shortfalls euro-wide as well as in several prominent European countries. We see investment shortfalls as a percent of GDP coming in up to five, possibly more, percent of GDP, suggesting that there is absolutely a role for some kind of funder if banks are not stepping up to provide these kinds of funds. To the extent that central banks buying private securities is taboo, they in some ways become the funder of last resort. They could serve as that institution which provides money when no other institution will provide money at a time where these companies have positive net present value investment opportunities. In other words, they have investments that need money and that will pay off in the future. Most of the studies that we've analyzed during the course of this paper show that uh, central bank purchases of private assets actually help to crowd in private investment. Figure 22b looks at bond issuances of non-financial corporates as one attempt to look at the way that private sector investment has responded, even according to announcements of these purchases of private securities, we see the private decisions of companies deciding to issue bonds correlating with ECB decisions to engage in their own purchases. More importantly, we see that unconventional monetary policy actually has larger effects than traditional monetary policy alone. The infographic we see in front of us looks at the way that unconventional monetary policy has increased interest rates, returns, and so forth in the U.S. and the U.K., this unconventional monetary policy or buying securities and providing forward guidance can increase returns on equities, increase overall returns on debt. We see that in the case of the UK, there was a slight decrease in equities returns for reasons which we'll probably get back to later. And continuing on this theme of investment constraints, not only have countries in crisis have been affected by this shortfall of investment, investment, but so have companies worldwide. The figure we see in front of us now looks at the percent of companies reporting funding as a constraint, as well as these companies' use of banks. In countries of all income levels, there are certainly companies that could use more funding, that don't have access to enough funding, therefore again suggesting the potential role of a funder, or as we call it, a funder of last resort. And interestingly enough, we see that even in high-income countries, there isn't necessarily enough capital in order for companies to make the investment projects that they want, suggesting that there's some kind of distortion in capital markets, which a very large provider of capital like a central bank might be able to help overcome.
Now, in order to know whether the central bank money will actually help investment, we need to see if there's a correlation between these companies getting money and making investments. In this figure, we look at investment to GDP ratios, and we look at company surveys looking at whether getting money is a big problem, getting money is moderately difficult, or not difficult at all. For companies that have a lot of problems getting money, they tend to use banks for a lot of their finance. We know about the increasing importance of shadow banking, as we discussed in the paper, and shadow banking serving as a surrogate for conventional financing. We also talk about the risks and inherent problems in these ballooning shadow banking markets. Thus, to the extent that a funder of last resort as a central bank can provide some of this funding in an official capacity rather than through central banks, we see that it might play a very positive role not only in promoting investment but also economic stability.